So let's get the white elephant out of the way here. We're doing a little video, you know, back to doing the videos also. But I've got this mark on my face, a alleged spider bite. What did you think about that? What did I think about it? Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny is I had read about a trucker one time in Louisiana. He literally got bit by one of those recluses. Now, this is this here looks pretty nasty. You know, because they had to give me a shot and and all other good stuff. But it was definitely not a brown recluse that Mm -mm. bit me. No, I don't think it was. Right. I mean, I was reading up. It could have been a wolf spider. It could have been a hobo spider. And it could have been a black widow, believe it or not. See, I think it could have been that more than... Because we have widows around. But this truck driver in Louisiana, okay. And in fact, I was... It was a guy I knew. Not a guy I read about. It was a guy that I knew that I had gone to you know, truck driving school with over, you know, uh, a long time ago, him and I went to truck driving school and he had told me how he woke up with this mark on him. And then, you know, within a day, it was like a hole formed and it was really, really nasty stuff. Hmm. And so, you know, it's just one of the other dangers of being a truck driver. You know, you got, you got weather, four-wheelers, DOT, being gone, all this stuff, right? Craziest. And then there's a, a spider that, you know, um, I, I know many people do and do not read the Bible, but there's a, in the Proverbs, it actually talks about how spiders are even found in king's castles, you know? Yeah. So spiders get in anywhere they want to, and you don't even know they're there. And I guess if one gets in your caught in your bunk and you roll on it that's they say when you get bit yeah when you disturb them right they don't just attack you they they in defense bite you mm-hmm. maybe to say hey you're squishing me you know what i mean like and so i guess that's what happened to me i have no idea all i could tell you is it sucks when you wake up and there's two little fang holes on your face and two little puffy marks you, you yeah know? because it's it's it wasn't one like that's not that's not how big the spider was that it has the two big fangs this way. He got bit twice, so yeah. Well, is that what it was? You think it was two, two bites? Mm-hmm. Well, it, whatever it was, it was terrible. And it's I'm on day five now. Antibiotics they gave me, and you know it's the swelling has gone down. And yeah, before it looked like I hit him. Yeah, really it, bad. I had like, like this heart shaped black and blue red mark on my face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, looked like Ruth then decked me. Good too. I hit him really good. Popped him really good. Yeah. Pop. So, anyways, welcome to Talk CDL once again. Welcome. Here we are. What do you think? Uh, 2015, when we started, was it 2015? November of 15, when we started this show. So, next year will be 10 years. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I think it's 15 or 17. I wonder if we should like do something really cool. Maybe like it's seventeen. Do hats that say tenth anniversary. Yeah, well, if it's if it is, I could be. Might have to go and look. I, I could be embellishing, but anyways. So, so I've got a couple things that I really, really, truly was looking at. And you know, something that um, I seen an article, and I so I started looking things up on the internet, obviously, on this one topic that. A lot of people don't really talk about, and that topic is snow removal on your truck. And not only tractor trailers, but car owners are also obligated to remove snow on their truck. In fact, there's at least five states that have laws 
Um, in New Hampshire, there's a law called Jessica's Law. And, and not to be confused with the Jessica Law here that happened in Florida when the young girl was killed. This was a 20-year-old woman was killed when ice chunks flew off a tractor trailer, hit a box truck, and then caused him to do a head-on collision into Jessica Smith's car and killed her. New Hampshire then, I think that happened in 2010. New Hampshire then enacted a law called the Jessica's Law. And the Jessica's Law allows the state of New Hampshire to prosecute you also it allows any cop that sees uh, enough snow on your your vehicle to pull you over and give you a ticket up upwards of $1,500. And so, you know, you start thinking about truckers. We talked about this a few years ago. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about truckers. These, are tra- these trailers are 13-6. Okay? So I, me personally, like if I owned a trucking company, I would never ask my drivers to climb up on a trailer and sweep it because you would probably read a lot about truckers that broke their necks sliding and falling off the trailer. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even want a trucker if, if, if a truck stop had, um, ladders or any place to where he had to climb up a ladder in the winter. I would, I wouldn't want my driver doing that. And if I was, back on the road. I wouldn't do it. So you have to ask yourself, okay, so what's the rule? You know, a lot of truck stops now have scrapers right. where you can drive underneath it and, and it'll, it'll grab that snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, some way, okay, if I was back on the road, and this is what I wanted to talk to drivers about. If you take a trailer that has, you know, You've seen the trailers going down the road. They got like a foot of snow on top of it. Yeah. Some of them hit a bridge and then it explodes. They got videos of blah, blah, blah. Okay. Here's the problem. If you pick up a trailer, you are the driver now that made the decision. And you go down the road and they call them ice missiles. Let's say one comes off, smashes into a car and kills a person or a family or whatever the case is or injures somebody. Mm-hmm. You as the driver, not your company. Now, your company is going to get sued also because they have the big name. There's absolutely no doubt. But you yourself could be prosecuted into, you know, even going to jail. Because you dis- if you get some real stiff-necked judge or prosecutor in that town that says he maliciously picked that trailer, especially if the yard that you picked the trailer up, has video because when they prosecute you these days, they go and gather everything, including video. Mm-hmm. So you go and you get this video or I'm sorry, say the prosecutor decides to prosecute you because there's a death involved and you go and or they go and they see you picking up a trailer with all that snow on it. The first thing you're going to say is you had knowledge right there. Cause you're supposed to do a pre-trip mm-hmm. of your trailer. True. Okay, they're going to say you had knowledge and you just blatantly got in that truck hooked to it and went down the road knowing the potential danger because everybody knows that's very dangerous. Now, again, if I was a driver again back on the road, I would literally call my company and I would say I'm not taking this trailer 
because I am, that's just, it's no different than a, tr- a trucking company telling you to drive over on your hours. If you do it, you're the one that's going to get um, fined or in trouble for it. If you take a dangerous trailer, how about, how about a trailer with bald tires? You knew you, and it, and it, and it, it um, blows a tire and you get into a wreck because of it, or a, uh, a tire tread flies off and goes through somebody's window. Every time you take something that's a potential danger to the public, a lot of drivers think it ain't my responsibility. They should have cleaned it, blah, blah, blah. And I agree with you, driver, that somebody else has to clean that. But all I'm saying is don't take the trailer if it's dangerous, including ice on the top of it, because I'm telling you, just when you think, oh, it'll blow off by the time I get, especially if, you know, after a couple of days, it gets real hard and it doesn't blow off right, right away. But once you get up to 70, 80 mile an hour, now big giant chunks of ice are coming off. And I'm telling you, everybody knows that danger. And you might think, ah, oh, don't worry about it. I've taken a million trailers like that. Well, just when you think you're safe as a driver hauling that, that can happen. So I would tell you guys, Call your company and say, this needs to be cleaned off, and I'm not the guy going up on a 13-foot-6 trailer either. No, I agree. You know, honestly, the yard jockey that put the trailer there, you know, if they had the yard jockeys, they should have them. If it's a yard, if it's in a state that they know snows all the time, and that's a common yard that they use, they should get one of those scrapers that the driver would go underneath, and it would clear it off. Um, Aside from that, it would be no different than if your brake lights were off. You wouldn't take the trailer if your lights were not working properly. Because that's right there. That's another, you know, if you got inspected or even if someone ain't even seen it going down the road, you're going to get fined for that. So it's no different if you're going into states especially that have that as a law. You don't want that on your license. Not only that, but, you know, we're still human. We wouldn't want to know that we consciously did something that caused a death or serious injury to a family, to anyone period, a child. So, you know, it's just something that you want to do. Ruth Ann's on the show for the human side of this show. She cares. I mean, I do care. I, and I agree. And in fact, you're right. If you don't care, that's when you will pick up a trailer and think, you know, screw it. You know, they, they should have had it cleaned or it's not my job. You know, that's a big thing. It's not my job. Well, I, I understand it's not your job. And I agree with you. It's not your job to get up there on a day. You know, no, it's not your job to do that, but it is the yard jockey. The yard jockey can do it. Well, hold on a second. Before you say the yard jockey, if the yard jockey doesn't have a, a something to have that trailer scraped with, I, I wouldn't tell a yard jockey to get up on the trailer. I wouldn't, if it was me, I wouldn't have anybody climb up. I'd call road service. That's what a, a trucking company will need to do. They'll need to call somebody or have something done about it or have the driver take another trailer. But you've got to get that worked out because the, the last thing you want to do is be responsible for ice missiles. And that's really all I wanted to say. Just kind of remind everybody about that, you know, and, and, you know, if drivers, if you got an opinion, you know, we've got this, this one is going to be on YouTube. This segment I think is going to be on YouTube. So, um, if you have a different opinion or maybe even a better solution than we're suggesting, please, by all means, write in and tell us or put it in the comments section, you know, how, you know, this could possibly be resolved, but it definitely, I, I, you know, we're all about the drivers on this show. You know, we're all about trucking. And, you know, our big concern is, you know, seeing a, a poor driver 
get down the road thinking he's obligated to take that trailer when that's no different than running over on your hours. It's no different than taking a trailer with, with dangerous tires. It's a danger to the public. Right. Don't do it. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Should we take a break? Yeah. A sponsor, little break. Sponsor break. A little break. Hey, drivers. Are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash talkcdl and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talkcdl. Thank you. Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. All right, so I was reading about this couple in trucking. I'm guessing boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. One's a dispatcher, one's a driver. Scam. Now listen to me. I want to tell you, this is the truth. I think we actually talked about this before. I don't know if it was the same company because the incident happened a couple of years ago, but they were just prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, just kind of, um, I'm going to just go ahead and read this a little bit about it. But the gist, the, the entire gist of this scam was basically the dispatcher was uh, assigning an EFS check. It's like a comm data thing mm-hmm. you know, to her pal, 
that was a driver. And then, you know, of course he would cash it and then I guess give her his, her cut. So it says, it says judge orders. Now this, this is a, a dispatcher and a truck driver. They were ordered to pay $112,000 in restitution. Federal judge has sentenced a Las Vegas man to supervised release and six months house arrest for his role in embezzlement scheme to defraud a trucking company where he worked out uh, more than $112,000. So they got over grand out of writing out EFS, EFS checks. <laughs> That's a lot of checks they, they got away. You know, just imagine that. It's like, okay, we're getting away. But we're never going to get caught. We're, we're home free. We're doing this for years now. We're, we're scot-free. Does it say how long they were doing it? Uh, I would imagine it, it, I think it was like a two year period, two or three. I had to be a little bit because, you know, you can't really write large EFS at, you know, all the time. Mm. It says judge Brian Boucher, um, on Wednesday ordered Johnny Bradford the second. He was Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. You know, it's Mm. almost like little Johnny jokes. Yes. Do you think it was, do you think Johnny Bradford that got in trouble was the little Johnny in his that classroom. Ev- that everybody made the jokes about? I don't know. There might be a, quite a few of those little Johnnies out there, but he might have been the little Johnny in his classroom. Well, he sounded definitely like a little Johnny. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're doing this. But anyways, it says he was formerly of Lancaster, California. He, uh, he said they sentenced him to serve three years of supervised release and six months on house arrest after pleading guilty to one count of wire fraud in September. It said, Boucher... Granted, Bradford's attorney motioned for downward departure, meaning he imposed a sentence below the guideline range because while Bradford participated in the scheme, it was it was to a much lesser extent than his co-defendant. Bradford braced, I'm sorry, faced a maximum of 20 years. So he could have got 20 years, but they're saying... The dispatcher, the chick dispatcher, was Mr. Big, I guess. The mastermind. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, well, I guess it would really... I don't know if I believe she was all Mr. Big and he wasn't. But, you know, he's little Johnny. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? The judge he threw her under the tractor. <laughs> he he, he should... He I think the judge should have realized with a name like little Johnny... <laughs> that, you know, Mr. Big might be little Johnny, but okay. So anyways, let me, let me finish this little article. Let me get to the chick. Um, it says, uh, he had previously sentenced his co-defendant, uh, uh, who must pay over $112,000 in restitution. According to co- court documents, Bradford drove for a refrigerated division of Roadrunner from 2017 to 2018 in Sarpy County, Nebraska, this was a, a division of them. Mm-hmm. It said at the time, Roadrunner used EFS. Um, it's a you know a wire transfer and issued uh, cash advances. Basically, uh, that's what they use it for. Besides, you know, paying their fuel. Mm-hmm. It said federal prosecutors alleged that Bradford teamed up with another employee, Amy Shepard, who's forty-four of Wichita, Kansas to carry out the elaborate scheme. Shepard worked for Nebraska-based Roadrunner Temperature Control from 2016 to 2000 and 
uh, 19. As a customer service manager, a driver business leader manager, and finally a dispatch lead manager. The pair were indicted by federal grand jury January of 22. So they indicted him in 22. And then I guess just so many months ago, they finally went to court and they were all um, sentenced. So it says prosecutors allege that the beginning of February of 18, Shepard used her position to fraudulently uh, generate advances and enter EFS check codes, which she then sent to Bradford over 16 months. So there's your... I was going to say it wasn't quite... She's only worked there for three years, so yeah. Yeah, so it was a 16-month period that she was sending this... You know what I mean? You know how it starts off. You start off one or two times, and then, you know, maybe maybe like a month later, your boss says, hey, we need you to come into the office. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I got caught. Mm-hmm. And then they go, we're, we're advancing you to lead dispatcher. And you're going, oh, my gosh, we're never going to get caught. We, we're going to get rich. But, but anyways, it says, according to court documents, Bradford would cash the checks at a vendor establishment's then send part of the fraudulent driver advances back to Shepard. Um, it says she was sentenced to 18 months in prison in November after pleading guilty in August. So this past August, she pled guilty. And then, see, you know what happens, don't you? These prosecutors, they get you in, the, in separate rooms, right? And then what do they do? They give, they offer a deal to testify. Mm-hmm. So the dude. I've seen some CSIs. The dude turned over on her, man. He ran her under the tractor. <laughs> he, he ratted her <laughs> out. He's like, little Johnny, man, struck again. He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, so, you know, and somehow little Johnny came out smelling like a rose instead of a rat. He got probation. She got supervised, yeah, supervised. Put two, was it two or three? No, five years. It was like supervised probation and six months house arrest. So little Johnny got to stay home, right? And the chick, she's in prison for eighteen months. And you know how women are; she's probably planning his demise. Or <laughs> now I, I should take that back. Now that was a joke, okay? But anyways, um, so yeah, wow, that's my uh, my little tidbit story of the week you know a message to you dispatchers don't do it It, it's it's really true when you guys think you're gonna get away with it you know eventually the bean counter or somebody's gonna notice you know what i mean well you know i'm missing 112 hey let's put it this way you know every company does a year end you know you have to do a year end and what it does is it shows all your money that you've done, and it it, it, it it just establishes where it goes. Well, it's also con- con- considered a profit and loss, right? Now, at one point, it will come up and it will say, this much is unaccounted for. They've got to figure out where that money went. Sometimes, you know, if it's only a, a few, you know, a few dollars, maybe a hundred or two hundred, they just write that off. But they can't write off 112,000. Do you <laughs> they think, can't figure out where that went. Do you think when they said, look, there's like 112,000 missing, I, where, where could it be? Do, do you think it has anything to do with the 112,000 little Johnny got over the 18-month period there? You know, I'm serious. Like, if, if you look back at cash advances, think mm-hmm. about that for a second. Mm-hmm. How many cash advances do you normally get? You know what I mean? When I was driving, I would take 
like a cash advance here and there. Yeah, twenty, and fifty, I, and nothing I think, much. I think some drivers, I think some drivers really cash advance like $150, $200 a week, you know, and then it gets deducted out of their paycheck. What is, let's say. That's let's still say, only, you well, know, that's there's only 52 weeks in a year. So even if they did 100. Right. I'm just going to just see what 200 times 52 weeks is. Ten thousand dollars, ten thousand four hundred. So basically, fifteen thousand dollars if you were only taking two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So what did little Johnny average? A hundred and twelve thousand dollars divided by uh, what is it? Fifty-two weeks and then another twenty-five. So this is figure seventy, figure eighty weeks even. Okay, so that would be fourteen hundred dollars a week average. She she's cash advancing this dude. So, so yeah, that's going to get noticed, little Johnny. It will get noticed, especially if you're trying to write it for, like, tolls and, you know, um, what other lumper fees. You know, there's only so much you can write it off as before you're like, okay, we already kind of hit that max. Let's try and figure something else out. Um, you need wiring on your trailer. You need this. You know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you can't come up with $1,400 justification every week to advance. Yeah. yeah. That's a really clean, great trailer if that's what he's trying to figure. So my advice to all you dispatchers, okay, is, you know, first off, stay away from little Johnny. Okay. Little Johnny, he's always doing something. Little Johnny, Susie. Oh, and, well, let's just say this. If you think you can get away with it. You're not. I'd say go for it. <laughs> Because it makes great stories when they get caught. I knew you were going to say that. Well, I'm just saying, if, if they go for it, like if like one's right now going, oh my gosh, uh, you know, maybe they've been doing it for a while and they think they're getting away with it, right? I say keep going because once you get caught, then we, you know, put it we on the podcast, right? And then we get our ratings go up and all our good stuff. So anyways, um, moving on. Do you have something you wanted to... I do. You have a scenario. I do. What's the scen- So I like those scenarios. This is going to be a is who's at fault type of scenario. Preventable or not. So preventable accident scenario, mm-hmm. or is it non-preventable? And I'm sure it's a story involving a trucker. Yes. Of course. Uh, of course. Now, it's also the, the, the reason for this scenario is because lately there's been a lot of snow, mm-hmm. a lot of weather. Mm-hmm. With the winter. Right. So this is coming up stating, okay, so now that we have all this weather going on, if something happens like this, would it be considered preventable or not? Let's hear this. Let's hear the scenario. Okay. The scenario is um, you have Doe, John Doe, Johnny. Johnny Doe. Are Johnny you Doe. Johnny Doe. <laughs> Wait, wait. If it's preventable, it's definitely Johnny Doe. Johnny Doe. Not not to be mistaken with the Johnny we just talked about. This is another Johnny. Different Johnny. Yeah. This There's is, always a Johnny. Well, this one's the last name Doe. Yes. Okay. So Johnny Doe. Okay. So he was driving down the road. It's snowy. He's going 45, right? He decides to go up a hill and he's cresting the hill at 45. Can I ask a question? Sure. What's the speed limit? It doesn't state okay. what the actual speed limit is on it. Okay. So he's doing 45. Mm-hmm. It's He's on a snowy road. Mm-hmm. He's going up a hill. He's just about to the crest and? He starts skidding on the snow and takes his driver's side and hits it into the metal median that's in the middle of the road. 
damages his whole driver's side fender. Okay, so he's going up over the hill, goes into a slide, slides into the median, and and hits the metal guardrails that are in the center. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it? It's pretty much it. I mean, he, he damages up the fender. He's driving in the snow. He's doing what he believes is under the speed limit at a safe point. Damages it. He gets hit with the preventable and a written letter from the company as a warning, a written warning. Now, Johnny, driver Johnny, does mm-hmm. not feel as though he should be liable for it as being a preventable because it's snowy weather. He was going below the speed limit, what he felt was acceptable. What do you think? I would most likely need to know what the speed limit of the road was on. He was on, you know, like for example, was it a 45 mile an hour zone? If he's on a 45 mile an hour zone, then my guess is he probably got a ticket for too fast for conditions because he should not have been going what the maximum speed limit is on that road. Now, figure that he's already going under the speed limit. But that's not what the scenario says. But let let me just say this. Let's say he was on an interstate and he's under the speed limit, like you just said. Highway. Highway, whatever. So let's say he's on a 70 mile an hour highway or or let's say he's on a 60 mile an hour highway. Now he's going 15 under and he crests the hill and goes into a slide. And then and that happens. Again, I would have to see the road was it it was just snow so it wasn't ice obviously slippery i'm just you know to me it's i would have to be there you know that i i'm i'm just try, what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to figure in my heart and in my mind what actual scenario like that would be non-preventable that's what i'm trying to think and i'm trying to run through my mind right now because there was no indication of any car or anything like that. He didn't swerve. He just lost control because of the slippery road and slid into the media. Um, it's kind of an odd. I, I don't even see. I can't, I can't picture that happening just like that. But this obviously happened. And the driver saying I shouldn't be you know, reprimanded, it shouldn't be my fault for it. And obviously he was towed, he had to be probably towed out of the medium, which makes it a DOT recordable. So he's got, you know, obviously a really, really bad mark against him as a truck driver because a preventable DOT recordable normally will prevent you from getting a really good job for the next three years, you know, because of insurance and all that good stuff. So I don't, I'm not sure. What's your thoughts on that? What are you thinking? Well, I really don't know. I mean, I know what the outcome is, so that would be harder because I don't want to be super judged beforehand, but I'm agreeing with the fact that, see, what Johnny Driver is feeling is because he was going 45 in a wintry condition, he feels as though he shouldn't be, he shouldn't have gotten it preventable because he was, there was other circumstances with it being the snow and the and, and so forth. When he crested the hill on a desolate highway, 
is what it was saying. He crested the hill, started going, I guess, over when he went into a slide and hit into the, the metal median that destroyed his fender. He feels as though that because it was wintry conditions out and he was going below the speed limit, that he shouldn't be charged with it being as a preventable because he felt as though he was taking precautions by going below the speed limit. And um, I guess he felt he was going slow enough that he feels as though that should have had um, a different outcome in the judgment. Unfortunately, if it's like, if it is bad winter conditions out, Oh, and this is at night. I forgot to mention that. So it is at night. So we already know that when it's at night and it's winter rainy or winter snowing and stuff, you have higher chances of it being slick. We always say that if it's bad weather out, you shouldn't be driving, period. And most companies do that. You know, if it's really bad weather, don't go out in it. We don't want to get damaged, right? Well... Me personally, if it's just snowy roads, you know, obviously there are some snowy roads. Once they get packed, once the snow packs, it becomes slippery. So, you know, and, and you know, the the moving violation of too fast for conditions is actually a very bad mm-hmm. ticket to get. And so that's a judgment call on a cop. But you would almost have to agree with the cop Because when you, as a driver, there's many drivers that are going to write in now and give us their take, and we invite that, you know, but there's many drivers that are going to agree that if you lost control in snow, then you're probably were traveling too fast for that road condition. Again, you know, because it, it, you just said it was on a desolate road, so there was no other vehicles involved. Exactly, at night. Right? I would say, I personally, you know, I personally think he was driving too fast for conditions. I, I In my opinion, you didn't say if the, the crest had a curve on it or anything like that. But if you're going and you're under the speed limit, then maybe you weren't going slow enough. Maybe you needed to slow down even more. And you should be able to test the road a little bit. You should know. A driver knows when he's going down the road in snow. He knows, hey, this is a little slick. I feel right. it. When your steer tires aren't letting you steer. Right. You know. You do. You know that. And so there there needs to be an adjustment. I've personally been, like, I used to run across the snow belt every week. Mm-hmm. I used to run Chicago to PA and, and do LTL. And there's been times where... Myself and a couple drivers, we're going and we're under the speed limit because of the road conditions. Mm -hmm. And we know, hey, this is where we need to be. And then all of a sudden another driver comes blowing by us, passing everybody like he's just super trucker. And I'll tell you what, I've seen plenty of times where we got up ahead and the guy was in the ditch. Right. I remember some of them. You knew, you knew it was like, dude, just because you, just because you, you haven't, your, your, your vehicle hasn't kicked out on you. Driving faster than the north. See, the one thing about about snow driving, if there are vehicles around, you need, everybody really needs to sort of run the same speed limit. Now, every now and then you're going to get that one goofball that's driving way under. <laughs> he's going to be, a, he's a hazard too. The guy that's going like five miles an hour on a road, he should be doing 30 miles an hour. But at the same time, 
the guy that's blowing by everybody because he feels he's safe to drive that way, I'm telling you, he's a hazard. Well, yeah. I mean, you just said about the one driver that's going slower. Well, if you have super speeder, you know, where he's sitting there going really good down the road, um, even though it's it's barely able to see because you know how whiteouts were coming up on when you go across that road. Right. So he's driving, blowing past everybody. Who's to say that there was a person that was doing the same thing, but really not as great, and he wrecked in front of this guy? Well, now this guy's kind of barreling up there, and the next thing you know, you're going to see him being destroyed because of the fact that he wasn't taking that precaution of other drivers that might not have been as as cautious as he was trying to be, and yeah. he ended up going into to a wreck because of that person down the road that was going you know, 10 miles per hour or whatever the case might be. You you have to go slower to be cautious of everyone else. You can't trust, you can't judge everybody else's driving. You only could judge your own. Okay. So this is definitely going to open up a can of worms. And I like that. We're definitely going to get, you know, messages, Some emails, you know, Troy at TalkCDL, Ruth Ann at TalkCDL.com. Either one, you could write to either one of us or just go on one of our, you know, talk CDL Facebook page or wherever you want to contact us at and, and write in and let us know what your thoughts are on this scenario. It's like, that's a, you know, it's really uh, interesting scenario that you posed. And, and I do, I do know that cause I've worked in safety at, at one or two companies in, in the past. And I do know that there are drivers, you know, that no matter how, how much it points to them at being fault, they're going to say, oh, it wasn't my fault. Well, you know what? There's also times you got to own up. You know what I mean? I've, I, had, I had an incident in Allentown that, you know, I didn't want to own up to when I backed into a cop, you know, but that was stupid of me. It was in snow. You couldn't see behind me, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, still was um, my fault. I should have got out and went back there, but I didn't. So... All I'm saying is write in, let us know, and we definitely appreciate your comments or comment on one of our social medias. All right, so moving on. Moving on. We have uh, the Florida Truck Show, which is in Fort Lauderdale. What is it, 1749 is our booth number? I think it's 1729. 1729, and so we'll be there in uh, February, I think the 24th and 25th. Is that what it is, or am I wrong about the the, the date on it? I think it is. No, a, I think it's the the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of February. What's our booth number in Louisville? The booth number in Louisville is six six one zero five. Six six one zero five. Okay, yeah, find us. We will be there, Lord willing. And it's the truck show in Louisville is from March twenty first to the twenty third. Oh, okay. So. Moving on, do you have the word of the day or do you have anything else? I have one more article I wanted to kind of get some opinions on, and that was where Kodiak Robotics is now putting the first driverless tractor out on the road in Texas. It's from Dallas to Houston they're going to run. And they said, oh, well, we've driven cross-country and we did like over 2 million miles or something like that. They've already done with a safety driver in the cab and now they feel that they don't have to 
worry about it being a person in the cab now. They're going to just do it in Texas, going from Dallas to Houston. And they have 2.5 million miles that they successfully demonstrated that the, the truck is fine. Well, what I want to point out is this is the sixth generation tractor. So it took them six times to keep redoing this tractor to get it safely to drive driverless. And they've had at that time, 2.5 million miles that they've had to drive to try and get it safely driving by itself. And they say the reason they're doing it in Texas, because Texas has a law stating that they do not have to have a human driver in a seat for a vehicle, which is really super crazy. So the uh, Teamster Union is, is, is fighting with, with them in, in Texas to try and get it where they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure that it's been fully approved to be without a driver in it. You know, if they have a, a I think I read a couple of weeks ago that this is their goal by the end of this year to be able to have an actual driverless truck in Texas. Um, uh, but you had mentioned they completed 2.5 million miles I guess without an accident? Is that what they're saying? They didn't describe whether there was no accident or not. They just said that they had a driver in the truck going, it says, over the course of 2.5 million miles, we successfully demonstrated that our self-driving trucks can withstand the harsh environment of long-haul trucking from both a platform integrity and a software perspective. Nothing about safety. Well, here's what, this is what I would like to see. If I could just see a time lapse of those 2.5 million miles, I would like to see how many times, because this was not done without a driver in the truck. So my question is, how many times did the driver in the truck have to take over? How many times did the driver in the truck have to grab the wheel? How many times in the truck did the driver have to hit the brakes? See, to me, I'd be careful that it's just not somebody. See, these people haven't made any money yet, and their goal really is to make money. Okay, so let's not kid each other about anything else. This is all about money, 100% about money. Don't Please don't tell me it's about caring for life and all, because 100%, you have to avoid killing people in order to make money. So it's really the money care is there way over anything else. Because if they cared about humans, they wouldn't be trying to take human jobs. That's why the Teamster's fighting it. Okay, so my, my whole thing is I would like to see how many times in the 2.5 million miles did the driver have to grab the wheel because the autonomous truck was, was um, making a mistake, you know what I mean, abort, abort, whatever the case is, right? How many times did they have to do that over those years in order to say, okay, we're good now, we, we're, we're going to be fine? I personally think they've probably got a big risk going here. And once they put this truck on the road, if within a week, a day, do you remember the autonomous vehicle they had running in Vegas, the autonomous Uber was it one of those, it was, a, I think it was autonomous Uber and a person on a bicycle went in front of the car and they killed them. They, and they literally stopped driverless, at least back then. Now, who knows? Maybe they're doing it again. I don't know the rules out there and the laws out there and what's going on out there, but this happened, I don't know, 
I think a couple months. I could be. I don't want to put out false information, but I don't think the program was running too long when they put that out there. And again, and and I believe that autonomous vehicle had a driver in it. Yes. So it was an autonomous vehicle, and the driver also wasn't paying attention, and the autonomous vehicle ran somebody over because it didn't recognize somebody was there. Well, here's here's what they say that this truck. I mean, they only have the one, evidently. But this is what this truck has. It uses four light detection and ranging sensors, six radar sensors, and 12 cameras to enable the truck to run autonomously. These combined can read construction signs to determine how the truck should drive and capture the sounds of emergency vehicles if needed. Well, my question is, is how many times did you write a text, right? And autocorrect, autocorrected it right when you were about to hit send. And now you look stupid because it said something that you weren't really trying to say and added something in there. So you're saying the autonomous vehicle can correct it in a in, in an incorrect way. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If it's got all those um, lights and cameras and all this different stuff that it's going to be using and radar sensors and all this stuff, nothing is perfect when it comes to these things. Right. Right. So if a siren's going off, emergency vehicles going off or something to that effect and a train whistle all at the same time, what do you think that tractor is going to figure out? How's it going to come up and saying, oh, it's got a train whistle here. I have, a, I have a fire truck here and I have an ambulance and a cop and I've got all this going on. And then my light just turned green. Yeah, I'm not. Again, I'm more worried about. I'm more worried about the jobs that this potentially can take away mm-hmm. from humans. I agree. More than I am. And don't, this might sound cold. I'm more worried about the jobs than I am an accident. Because, you know, trucks get in accidents all the time. Humans get in accidents and they take out um, humans. You know, in fact, you know, there's how many truck drivers in a year run up into traffic that are texting and driving. And then oh, you know, yeah. one just happened. School the other buses, day. everything. Yeah. One just happened the other day. And so I'm more worried about the jobs. I'm, I'm ser- I'm dead serious. I love people and I don't want to see people hurt or killed, but the impact on this potentially, potentially taking a million jobs Real fast, because what people don't, I, I seen a driver the other day, right? Never going to happen in my lifetime. Listen, all you got to do is get one on the road and one becomes two and two become a thousand and a thousand become a million. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that is so true. Like you don't realize how fast it can come down the road. And I'm going to tell you something else, what it'll do. It'll drive. I believe it'll drive driver wages down. Because now you've got an autonomous truck that can do the work. And once you get enough of them in there, what are you going to pay a trucker? What are you going to pay a trucker that, that you know, because it's going to be less jobs available. And when less jobs are available, like anything else, supply and demand, when there's less jobs, there's less pay. You look at the wages have gone down in the last year or two because after when COVID was going on, 
there was such a demand for drivers that the wages were so high and they were making lots of money. You look at it now and think about it. Just be realistic and think logically. If Let's just say right now you have 3 million trucking jobs in the United States. I think that's the number, okay? That includes, like, everything, not just over-the-road truckers, but it's also box trucks, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, maybe not box, but at least day cabs, everything, right? So let's say you have 3 million truckers in the United States, right, trucking jobs. And, and, and it could be more. I'm not even sure. But let's say you have that number. But let's say over the next 5 to 10 years you introduce even 500,000 you know, they say that the trucking industry is short 50 to 100,000 drivers. That's what they, they estimate. If you just put 100,000 autonomous trucks in the industry, now you don't have companies begging for drivers. And now you don't have drivers that can negotiate for higher wages because everybody's going to be like, look, all I got to do is buy an autonomous truck. I don't even need you. And therefore, it drives their wages down. I'm telling you, this is not good in any way. The only thing it's good for is the billionaire, the guy that wants his freight delivered, and the guy that's going to get rich off of it. I'm telling you, this is not good. If, if I don't know the future, but if this thing works out the way everybody's thinking it's going to work out, to where all of a sudden the truckers not need it, or at least only so many truckers are, not, are needed, I promise you, I promise you, it's a bad scenario any way you look at it. You go and you look at, look at these stores. Look at like Walmart, for example. How many cashiers do you see in Walmart anymore? Not many. A small handful. Now that they have the big section, they trained, they trained you to be your own cashier when they introduced, okay, the, you know, uh, self Self, what are they called? Self-checkout. Self-checkout. So now you go in like our Walmart, there's a big square area, right, where you now self-checkout. What did that do? That allowed you to get in and out faster, which I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, how many how many cashiers are there? There, there, there isn't. There's only, what, four, five, six maybe usually going in a Walmart compared to maybe 20 or 30 at one time. Multiply that by thousands of Walmart stores, and how many, how many cashiers have lost their job to self checkouts? Well, it's going to be no different for these autonomous trucks. Where people see, people are are in denial. They think that oh, it's not. And and the, and the industry lied to us. Also, these guys. I remember articles saying, oh no, it's going to create more jobs. The, it, you're going to need this, and you're going to need that. That's bullshit. I'm telling you right now, it's BS. You are not going, it is not going to create more jobs. And the American trucker, it, it's going to hurt him. If all you need to do, 50 to 100,000 of these autonomous trucks get into the industry that don't need drivers, if it happens, I'm just saying, if it happens, you are going to see a gigantic impact in this industry that sucks to be a driver. I agree. And that's one reason why the Teamsters are fighting so hard against it, because they don't want the jobs to be lost either. I agree. That's one reason why I was saying how much is in the tr- in this truck and how I don't think it's going to work. Because one, if someone decides that they even want to c- cover that expense of that truck, the maintenance of that truck, all of that. I mean, think about it. Having a human be driving your tractor is just going to be more smarter. 
to me. Well, here's the other thing. I don't want to see a driver lose his job. Here's the other thing. The Swifts, the JB Hunts, the U.S. Expresses, Knight, all the big giant companies, it's going to be to their advantage more because of the cost of these autonomous trucks. The one truck truck guys, you know, I believe they'll still be, you know, needed. It's just like owner operators and small companies. They, they, they're needed for excess, you know, freight. But the problem that that poses is the reason the JB hunts and everybody don't have own all the freight is because they couldn't hire all the truckers in the industry, but they sure can buy more autonomous trucks and be grabbing more and more and more and more freight. You know what I hope happens? I swear to you, I hope this happens. You want to know what? I pray that this happens to the big giant trucking companies. Are you ready for my scenario? I hope that, that your big automakers like Chevy, Ford, and Dodge, I hope your big cereal producers, like what's the big cereal maker? Um, General Mills. General Mills. I hope General Mills. I hope that uh, Nestle's and all the gigantic, the gigantic manufacturers realize that getting their own autonomous trucks and eliminating the big greedy trucking companies... I hope they realize it, and then all your big companies like the J.B. Hunts that thought they were going to replace the trucker, they get replaced by autonomous trucks themselves. I, Because I believe that if, if you got to think about this, if, if I'm J.B. Hunt or I'm Swift, right, think about this for a second. I'm a big trucking company, and I can afford to spend money to haul your freight. That means... All those manufacturers, it should cost them even less to get their own autonomous trucks. Yeah, they just cut out the middle guy. And then hire one of these logistics managers from a JB Hunt or a U.S. Express to run their new autonomous fleet and save even millions and millions of dollars. So for all you people that are jacking the trucker, okay, for every one of you big giant trucking companies, I really believe that the manufacturer is going to realize they don't even need you anymore. So you made your own bed and now guess what? Your bed's about to burn. Okay. Because I believe that's the case. Really? I do. There could also be another situation where these big companies like General Mills and stuff realize Mm -hmm. that if they take away the income from so many of these drivers, that how are the drivers going to be buying their products? I mean, think about it. I mean, there's so many people now that... It's only 3 million truckers. There's 350 million humans in the United States. That are already having it hard as it is. I'm just saying, they don't care about the worker. None of them do. I don't think the manufacturers care about the worker, and I sure don't think that the trucking companies care care about the worker. I think they care more about their money. I guarantee it. Oh, you know they care more about their money. They don't care about much, but I was just saying it would be nice if you prayed, I was praying that, so. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, it's a nice thought, you know, that somebody would start thinking about the actual worker, but most people are thinking about their bottom dollar. So, anyways, I, I would like someone to write in and give us their opinion about this, 
uh, scenario after scenario, though it's going to happen. But I think it's going to backfire on the big trucking company that goes autonomous because I believe they're, they're, once their contracts run out for hauling direct freight, I believe there's nothing stopping manufacturers from, from getting their own. You, know, you look at, um, there are some actual manufacturers that have their own freight. They, they produce their own freight and they haul their own freight. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there is nothing stopping the big manufacturers at this point, once autonomous vehicles come out, from cutting out the trucking company. Oh, yeah. Look at Walmart. Walmart has their own fleet now. Yeah, but Walmart's so big, they need others. But guess well, what? Walmart could afford. They could afford more. You know, Walmart's a great example, Ruthann. Walmart has, a, they have trucks, but they don't have enough drivers that could cover every little thing. Right. But the thing about it is like, say, for example, Coca-Cola. Right. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There's people that have Budweiser and Coca-Cola and all these beer and soda, you know, contracts to haul their sodas. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Coca-Cola doesn't need a trucking company once they can just buy a few autonomous trucks that are going to deliver it for them. They right. won't need it. Right. No. In the end, they're saving billions. They will save a lot of money. They will because they're going to cut out that middleman. So there you have it. Anyways, that's the podcast for the week. Do you have the word of the day? I do. Ready? Right in, everybody. I'm I'm pumped up on this one, man. This this autonomous thing has me fired up because I can see the future not looking good. I don't like it. Go ahead. What's the word of the day? Panegyric. Was that a panegyric? Mm-hmm. Panegyric. Interesting. Panegyric. I, I, you know, the only thing that comes to mind when I hear a pan is like panning left or right, like a camera. You know, the, you got the pan. Is it nothing to do with that? Nope. No. Okay. What is panegyric? Is jeric meaning low cost? Nope. No. Okay. So give me panegyric. A public speech or published text in praise of someone or something. So basically, when your best man gives a toast, it's a panegyric. The delivery of the award was preceded by a panegyric that listed the recipient's lifetime of accomplishments. Interesting. So, yeah. Yep. When, when someone's mm. praising someone or um, something in either text or voice, right. it's basically a panegyric. That's pretty super cool. Anyways, everybody, uh, thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate you. We hope to see you guys at the shows this year. If you guys have any opinions or comments on any of this stuff we discussed, any scenarios, write in and let us know. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.